Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Netflix has a flaming log channel, so I feel... Okay, ne- next there's, time there's we're no on. There's no barbecued goods at the end of it, though. Um, <laughs> next time we're on, I'm going to... cook. Yeah, nominate them for um, your log channel. Hey everyone and welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. Today we are joined by Zach. Hello. Liz. Hello. And Helen. Hello. As always. And we're going to be talking about the Monty Python classic film, The Life of Brian. Thank you as always to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello, film fans. Thanks for listening today. In our studio, our guests are Liz and Zach. If you would like to introduce yourselves to the listeners and tell them a little bit more about the podcast work you do. Uh, hi, I'm Liz Campbell. I uh, work on a couple of podcasts. I'm the production manager for Wooden Overcoats, uh, which is a podcast that I'm sure your regular listeners will know very well. Yeah, we've had a fair <laughs> few of you Wooden Overcoats people. We're, there's a lot of us. Yeah. Uh, we get around. Um, I'm also the business manager for a podcast called Victoriosity. Uh, And I've currently started uh, as a voice actor in a new space audio drama called No Space for Heroes. Oh, wow. Mm. I don't know about that. Yeah, this is fresh. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. (laughs) Are you going to be enjoying the voice cast at all, even just in a cameo role on Victoriously? I will will keep shouting from the background until they they, they stop editing me out. Um, (laughs) one, One day. One day. Uh, and who are you, good sir? Uh, I am the creator, uh, writer, director, person behind the Orphans podcast, uh, which is a science fiction audio drama. Uh, first season's about a group of people that crash land on an alien planet with no idea who they are or how they got there, and they need to figure that out. Uh, later series star, uh, Flix Watcher regulars, Felix Trench and Beth Eyre. So there we are. <laughs> Cross-pod pollination all yeah. around. Yeah, indeed. Uh, I'm also the producer for Felix Trench's show, Quid Pro Euro. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so tell us about the, the kind of story and, and the nooks of, of the orphans. Oh, uh, you've opened a can of worms, sir. Uh, no, it's it's a, a large, expansive universe. Kind of uh, the the large, overarching thing is it's a it's a galaxy caught in a civil war, uh, trying to fight for what is essentially um, clone rights. Mm. Um, and the series chronicles the fight for their. Um, the gaining of their rights and the twists and turns that ensue from that and our characters attempts to thwart evil in all its forms. 
So you guys both involved, well, with Nova Coach and the Orphans Audio Dramas. You guys are doing the hardest kind of podcast. Yeah, because we're, we're just basically making them yeah, each just, time and just, it happens. And with you, do you, have you got like series and series written out or do you, is it just kind of like, we'll see if we can make it through this one and get that? I don't know. How does it work? Series at a time is uh, certainly the way that yeah. we're operating, I think. I think it goes, I mean, I know yeah. Zach's got six seasons in a movie in his head for the orphans well on top of what we've already released yeah i'm i'm currently in production on one series we are developing another um and then we have another one in development as well and we have several more planned after that it's it's a we've got a lot of story to tell it's ongoing Um, yes ongoing but it is a a finite arc that will will end we do know uh where that ends but it's just a uh a long journey. <laughs> so you're not like lost. No, well, uh, you know that was kind of our mission statement: is like don't don't be lost. You know, <laughs> have an idea where you're finishing. So, Liz, you're the one that chose Life of Brian. I did. Can you tell us first of all why you chose it and give us a two minute synopsis? Right. Um, why I chose it? I think it's the best Monty Python movie. Uh, I think it stands up really quite well, despite being. 40 years old as of this year. Uh, I think it's a delightful mix between kind of more absurdist and sketch comedy and also some really good satire that again still holds up. Um, And because I've got Zach here, um, I figured who better than two North Americans to come and Hmm. educate you British people. I mean, that's uh, what we like to do, Monty isn't it? Python, yeah. Yeah, you've come here just to impart your wisdom that yeah. no one wants. Exactly. From yep. you guys. Mm-hmm. What what we're good at. Well, we're, we're just being back colonialism, really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Explaining it to you. So, um, yeah, two-minute synopsis. Uh, it's a movie about a man called Brian, who is a very normal man who happened to be born in, I guess, 0 AD, <laughs> down down the street from what seems to be in the movie actual Jesus. Uh, Brian is 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 not Jesus, which is I think a crucial point that got lost in a lot of censors history. Mm. Um, but he grows up and lives a very normal life until he is mistaken for the Messiah. Uh, in the movie, he also becomes involved in uh, a political movement against yep. the Romans. Uh, and uh, it ends with a musical number uh, in a crucifixion site. So <laughs> happy, happy times. Yep. Yeah. I, <laughs> uh, Helen, what are your thoughts on the life of Brian? So, <laughs> uh-oh. <laughs> um, I, I, I've seen this before, but I think I always preferred um, the the Holy Grail. Um, anyway, and I. I found this a little bit painful <laughs> rewatching. <laughs> I'm really um, glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> and I think what I remember about the life of Brian, like the, the bits that it's famous for is more enjoyable than, than the film. I think it was very, very much of its time. And what they were doing at, at the time was, you know, pretty out there and pretty wacky. Mm. Um, but with my 2019 eyes on, I, yeah, I find it a bit painful. Sorry, Liz. That's, that's all right. I didn't make it. Yep. <laughs> I thought you don't, yeah, you don't need to apologize to Liz. <laughs> yeah, you've personally offended her yeah, now. Yeah. We'll never talk again. You won't come to a wedding. This podcast is <laughs> over. Um, and there was, there's a couple of things that I completely forgotten about it. Like, there's a scene in it with aliens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> 
What's going on there? I'm incorrect. Um, did, did you research that that bit at all? Or? No, I just on my notes I've written aliens, WTF. Um, I mean, I I guess that was I don't know Terry Terry Gillingham's. Gillingham. Thing? Oh gosh, Gillingham. Gillingham. probably probably. Well, was it? Oh gosh, Gillingham. he's North American. You, you it, should be defending he is, him. He is. I have. I'll, is he American or Canadian? American. I think American. American. Yeah. I have a real. I really dislike Terry Gilliam's films. Really? Uh, yeah. I really do. Like, I've liked one of them, and that is Zero Theorem, and that is the only one I have actively enjoyed. Every other one has been like the, It has been painful for me to watch. Is that the most recent one before Don Quixote? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I liked um, Twelve Monkeys, and I enjoyed watching the documentary for Don Quixote, Lost in La Mancha. But that's quite good if you don't like him because it's quite painful, his experience. That sounds cathartic. <laughs> well, you like, seeing, you like the idea of seeing him going through pain. <laughs> yeah. No, that's horrible, yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, he is definitely, I think, one of the more absurdist of, of the Pythons. Um, it was him and Eric Idle who did a lot of, you know, there was kind of writing pairs um, and they were often the pair and they were they're often responsible for a lot of the more absurdist kind of python humor um the animations in flying circus are of course his doing and i admit those were always the point i turned off my tv when i was watching old episodes of flying circus because they were a bit out there for me they don't really fit with the other humor and the other ideas that everyone else is bringing and you kind of think is he just like join the group and they just can't get rid of him and they're just like oh we'll just let him go hang her on just doing his moving pictures he's see i see the thing is i both agree but i think one of the things that i think i would defend in life and brian is that i think it's got an in my opinion nice mix of humor so there are those kind of absurd bits that just don't really make any sense they're just silly for silliness there are a number of quite good just sketches just mm. you know the the stoning scene um is is a great one uh where they're just you know there's no real message or anything but they are just they're just funny kind of what if scenarios and there's also some very good satire with both the religious angle and the political angle so and the movie i find actually moves along at quite a clip so if you don't like this this scene don't worry in about a minute there'll be a completely different kind of scene so i would i would say that that is a benefit of this film in particular. I think they did that bounce really well. I think part of the reason why I I, I wasn't uh, as entertained by it was because I think I was expecting more of a narrative than there is in this. Like the, Good Lord. Don't watch any other. <laughs> yeah, well, I think, yes, I, I came kind of came in with the expectation that this would be a movie about a man mistaken to be the messiah i expected more connection with the actual jesus than there was i expected kind of there to be more i expected it to make more sense um yeah i i think i went into this perhaps with with incorrect expectations Mm. for for what i was expecting um but yeah similar to you like looking at it because i've never i've never seen this film before and looking at it with kind of current eyes i can see how this was incredibly funny, very popular in 1979. <laughs> um, and I nowadays, I think so many people have taken inspiration from the Pythons and have taken similar setups to what they have and twisted it and turned it. And it's been filtered through so many generations of comedians that what I'm anticipating for comedy is not what they're giving 
because I'm from a completely different time and I'm expecting their stuff filtered through other people. Mm. Am I, I'm on more on Helen's side. I, I really, really love um, Holy Grail. Oh, really, well, I really, really liked it. When the, I remember the first time I saw it, it's just like, I think it was the other, you know, when you, I don't know, myself and Helen we grew up in the 80s, I don't, I don't know how old you guys are, but having the VH ta- VHS tapes, um, and someone would just give you a tape that they've recorded like two films on, and the first one wasn't The Life of Brian, and it just went into The Life, uh, sorry, it went to, what, the first one wasn't The Holy Grail, and then the second film was that, just this film, The Holy Grail, and I just started watching it, I remember being like, this is brilliant. This is absolutely like, right from the start. They're pretending they're on horseback, um, and that that had me from the start just like, straight out and out silly. Um, the Life of Brian, I agree with you, uh, Liz. In terms of, it's probably the best film in terms of more more cohesive, coherent kind of narrative. Um, but it just wasn't as fun for me um, watching all the way through. And I think you kind of divided when when you hear people talk about the Pythons, which is the better film. I think the meaning of life is everyone's kind of the one that yeah, no, no that one's not. Um, you want to talk about coherence, though? That's that not, one not is that, yeah. not. Don't watch it, Zach. You'll hate it. But then you get people who are all about, um, yeah, it's, it's always a toss-up between Life of Brian or Holy Grail, and it depends whether you like the more coherent story or if you like the just more out-and-out funny sketches that happen in in the meaning of, in, um, in the Holy Grail. And for me, I'm a Holy Grail guy. When it comes to actually Pythons itself, I love so many, so many of the sketches, but if I actually watch, I can't actually really watch one episode because there's like maybe one sketch which is brilliant and the rest of it is just nonsense. So the Holy Grail. Agreed. Yeah. F- fully agreed. Yeah. Um, and when he, the Pythons seem to travel really well. Um, and that's the thing that I think that's long, like gives it the most longevity. I was living in Norway for three years and they all loved Monty Python. They knew like the philosopher's song like, off by heart. And it's just like, who are you? These people younger than me who knew the philosopher's song with them footballs and like literally everything from Monty Python. And you often hear Python quoted as the heroes behind a lot of comedians in America. But I'm not sure people of our age really hit it that well, but I think everyone appreciates the Pythons and everyone loves a lot of sketches. Thank you for everything you've done. Yeah. But please stop talking now. (laughs) Thank you for your service. Goodbye. Yeah. I mean, I think they they probably really benefited from the fact that, you know, their original broadcast was at a time where there wasn't a lot of rewatchability in the same way we have now mm. and that's why i mean it's it's true that i knew the python uh, pythons long before i kind of really got to watch the episodes and you know you 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 saw sketches here and there or you yeah. heard them quoted and all the best bits are obviously the stuff that remains but if you actually sit and watch all episodes of flying circus there's a there's a lot of just just bad yeah bad in there um but there's also moments of brilliance and those have persisted um you know as well they should uh, but yeah i can't argue on that point <laughs> really um and this is it and i think that you know that was that was early 70s this was by the time they made um life of brian they had already graduated from that they were off doing as a, yeah they'd all but disbanded really hadn't they yeah john cleese had already just he'd just done faulty towers right so he had his own work, yeah baby going on uh terry gilliam had started making his own films things like that and this was a kind of reunion michael palin started going around the world <laughs> i don't think he'd started quite yet no, still still going yeah. can't stop him he never stopped moving circles and circles over and over yeah um, one thing i was going to say about this i mean is is very much of its time i mean m- most of this film the enjoyment you will get is if you find men speaking in silly women's accents funny oh yeah then you will you will love that and 
people still do find men impersonating women absolutely hilarious. Mm. I mean, just look at that monstrosity that is Mrs. Brown. Brown's oh, make me remember. With so, respect, I think that's a that's a very British thing. I think it's a panto. It's Irish thing. Irish. Uh, Irish. I, all right. But it's, it's, <laughs> blame, blame the Irish. I don't know. Yeah. Still, that is for some people the pinnacle of comedy: mm-hmm. a man pretending to be a woman. And if that is your thing, then you know this at the time in the seventies, that was probably kind of what it what the thing was. And a lot of people find find it funny. And you know, it's kind of also a a quite a teenage boy thing, isn't it? Like, what's a man's yeah. name? And you know, things like biggest dickers. If you're a <laughs> if you're a twelve year old boy, it's the funniest thing in the world. Uh, agreed. Uh, those yeah, those scenes are a bit. I still find that quite funny. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> t- I, I, I would say I would say with Terry Jones though playing playing the mum. Mm, um, mm. I I would argue that there is more comedy to that performance than just putting on a woman's putting voice. on a woman's yeah. voice. Yeah. I think that it's a you know it's a it's a defined character. Um, and, you know, that was very much what the Pythons did, which is doing all the roles. I, I am I am with you on the whole. It's it's not in itself funny right now, but... I really, like, I think I wrote in my notes, like, this movie can be boiled down to one exchange, which is, think of the birds. What about the birds? Do you have something against the birds? That's all, that's all that this movie was, is just people exasperatedly yelling at someone else because they didn't understand what they said. Right. Okay. Well, then, the, okay. In which case, so the bits that I think really um, stood out for me, the reason I think that it is still relevant and, you know, still worthwhile is the satirical element to it. Um, yeah, you know, biggest, dickest jokes in many ways are, are you know... Uh, available for all time though those those <laughs> never die but you know it that that can be done anywhere but i think the um the satire of both organized religion and uh the political scene is maybe at this point it seems hackneyed because we're so familiar with it mm. but it's you know the what what do the romans ever do for us is is a brilliant scene it's very yep. simple and that phrase what what the Romans have done for us remains the definitive, you know, statement that talking about nuance and dogmatism yeah. and and that not only was reflective of, of very much a 1979 Britain, um, but I think, to be honest, right now we have quite a lot to do. We have quite a lot in common with the 1979 Britain. Um, and I think that this really did distill some wonderful satire that remains with us today. And, and I give it real points for that and i think the staying power of that is worth noting i think that's fair but i do think there are people who have done it in a more relevant way to us since such as trey parker and matt stone south park book of mormon i i i'm i think i'm one of the few people that did not get on <laughs> at all with book of mormon <laughs> fair I, I i wonder how that how well that that has aged as well because mm. i've I've probably seen it saw very it recently about 15 it was, years ago <laughs> I, I don't. I still have. I have problems with the in the Book of Mormon. It's just the kind of undercurrent under, for me that I didn't like was that it seemed kind of just lazy, like because yeah. a lot of it was like taking the mick out of this woman's name, for example, and calling yeah that kind of thing. It's just like guys, come on, you you are. I've seen you do better. Big, biggest yeah. dickers. Yeah, the biggest dickers <laughs> kind of thing. But pretending that well, I can't remember what the, the character's name was in, in Book of Mormon, but no. pretending they couldn't remember her name each time. Just yeah, like, against you know these. Um, Western Western Church coming over to yeah 
to sanitize uh, an African tribe and you'd, you'd be in derogatory by not being able to remember this person's name. Um, the whole kind of subtext of homosexuality have been like a big mm-hmm. storyline for one person, uh, kind of making taken for that religion in the way they do. Mm-hmm. I just felt it just wasn't, for me, it was just kind of misjudged. That's uh, a lot fair. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I do think with, with Book of Mormon, I think to some extent that is the point of it like that yeah like it's totally fair like i think they wanted to do something so larger than life so extraordinarily above and beyond what is factual in in the interactions um to better be able to take the piss out of the mormon church and take the piss out of their views on homosexuality and and their views on the people who they're going to quote unquote save. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You know, I think I think that that joke in itself, I I don't think it's funny because he can't remember her name. I think it's funny because he doesn't understand what he's trying to do. If that makes sense, he doesn't understand the nuance of what he's getting himself into. And I think that for me, anyways, when I hear that joke, that is what the joke is: is that he is a child serving a larger organization we're making fun of him not the person yes whose exactly name yeah um but it is life yeah. of brian everything you're saying here is life of brian yes, but what, I'm, <laughs> what i'm saying is that i think the, the humor introduced here has been filtered through so many other writers and been presented to me in so many other ways that seeing this feels like almost a like a, a simpler version of things i felt i've seen better it it it, it it is a genesis and i think like you know i i that is why i have a lot of respect for it because i do think that yeah book of mormon would not exist and when you think of not just it as a, as a film but the the history behind both having it made and of course all the political fallouts and religious fallout that came after uh they fought battles that that did change the sphere of of political satire um, and allowed things like that to happen. So it's it's you know one of the reasons I chose this movie is also because of of that. I think it's um, important. It's historically important movie, uh, and it's provocative as well. I mean, only the conversation that we're having now, like imagine what what it was like when this film came out when the church was still popular, mm. and they made this and they didn't get the joke or what it was about. Which obviously is what the film is about. But you know, it was they got a lot of hate for it. Yeah. Mm. I think, I, I mean, there's a famous clip I've seen of John Cleese on a talk show when he's defending, uh, John Cleese and I can't, I can't remember Michael Palin. Michael Palin, yeah. is it? Defending uh, Life of Brian to, against uh, some, a member of the clergy, some... Uh, Bishop, Bishop of Suffolk and Malcolm Mugcliffe, I believe. Mugridge. Mugridge, that's yeah. it. I knew there was like kind of... Done some research. Yeah. Cliff edge on there. And uh, I, I think it was just, it was, um, they were kind of, I mean, the main defense, and it does stand true, is like, they're not taking, they're not taking the make out of Jesus. They're taking a sideways glance at organized religion and people's willingness to wantonly uh, believe everything or, or requiring some kind of messiahistic character or person to lead you when that's debates whether you need to do that or not. And that's what, that's what Life of Brian kind of posts for that. Jesus is still there. People are still following him. They're still, you know, the meek. <laughs> yes. Still the meek are there. Um, That's something I enjoyed is the, oh, the meek. Oh, yeah, the, oh, yeah. It's been so hard on them. Yeah, yeah, good, good for them. That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> that really did. That yeah. was the, the like one of the couple times that I openly guffawed in a movie. You Success. Know? I do generally like 
the thing about the Pythons I do like, and when they came to, when they reformed and did the show in London, I did go to see, to see them go too, because they are still some of the pioneers in sketch comedies, comedy generally in the UK. But they do the really kind of lowbrow stuff with the biggest dickus, but then they also do stuff which is like, how the fuck did you even come up with that idea? <laughs> and for me, my, my favourite joke in this, um, aside from the, what whatever what do Romans ever do for us? I think that's my second favourite. But my favourite is the conjugating of the yes. Romans go home on the wall. Yep. For me, that's, as a kid, the first time I saw that, I wouldn't have understood that at all. But now, I don't know, now I understand grammar better. Um, <laughs> that, that joke for me, um, I think it's just purely, how have you come, how have you done that? And have you put it together? Have you made people explain how conjugation works? Have you made people explain Latin, make it funny, and then also present it in this way on on the on the on the screen? Um, and that's the kind of thing they can do. They can do the you know, biggest dickus and conjugate Latin in the same film, and then put aliens in it, which is yes. awesome. yeah. And then I mean, thinking about like his legacy, um, Eddie Izzard would never have the kind of cake or death joke without mm. the the crucifixion joke and also interesting for a film made in the 70s given sort of the backdrop there is male nudity yep which mm. is you know we don't really see much of that um fair play <laughs> i can't tell if you're like no I, I would i would be like more of that but actually less of that <laughs> could we have could we in fact have a, none of that <laughs> But then, the, you know, it's it's pretty much always women like having to get naked in films. Like, mm. oh, here we go. I think that's the thing. I mean, when the main one of the main comments levied at like Game of Thrones at the start was not the fact there's nudity and sex in it. It's more the fact that it was ninety nine percent women doing naked and and like showing their parts, but like very little men. And I think that's yeah completely it's, fair. If you're going to show, show yeah. sex and stuff, make it Everyone fair on, it on both sides, and that's yeah. and then you're all equally happy or equally outraged um uh, apparently when they were filming that scene they they didn't tell all the extras that yeah, graham chapman was going to turn up oh. naked and they were it was tunisia i think they ended up filming in um and uh, obviously most of the extras were were you know devout muslims who were just hanging around and suddenly <laughs> got got a full-on view of graham chapman oh no surprise <laughs> but also you have the full full rear-all full backle of uh, the character in the hole yeah, yep. that was also oh, amazing. God. <laughs> and you ever wonder why we don't have as much male nudity? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, maybe I, it's just because yeah. it's, it's, it's like, oh, it's a bit sad, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit sad. I, I do think it does have to do, though, with I think it's the lack of wanting to show genitals mm. in with the, with the nudity. It's 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 easier with the nudity in the female regard, uh, it'd be nudity rather than just a man being topless. Do you know if we count it that way? Uh, not that I don't think that it's not unreasonable and fair, but I think it's easier with the with a female form to do nudity on television without the just to without showing genitals. Yeah, if, if, yeah. yeah. And it's, I mean, certainly, clear. I mean, I think it's obvious in all of those scenes with the dangly bits and all. You know, they're not doing this for titillation; they're yeah. doing no, this yeah. for sheer absurd comedy and historical accuracy and historical well. accuracy yeah. i mean this is it there is something very funny about the new messiah just opening the window just <laughs> but ass naked. dark bollock naked <laughs> <laughs> to his devotees yeah um on that guys should we head to the scores hey it's 
It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the spreadsheet of dreams. <gasps> Wonderful reaction there. Thank you. Um, all of the scores are out of five. You may have a decimal place is. And we will start with you, Liz, because you brought it to the table with the recommendability score, please. Um. I think I would give it a four. I think that even, I mean, obviously this group aside, but I think even people who aren't necessarily the biggest Monty, Monty Python fans uh, could f- find something in this. Um, it's it's not for everyone, but I think it's worth giving a go because of its importance. Hmm. Hmm. Zach? Um, you know what? On With recommendability, because... Again, it is a very significant film, and I don't want to take that away from it. Um, I don't think I could personally give it a wholehearted recommendation on my enjoyment, but for seeing it as a part of film history and comedy history, I think I'd give it a three. Yeah, so I th- I think... Like I say, you can go to decimal places if yeah, you feel you, you want do. to moderate that, that a little bit. No, hard, hard four. I don't need yeah. decimals. I think we're, we're decisive yeah. individuals. Sure. <laughs> it's a really interesting one, because I think anyone who's probably maybe... A little bit younger than us who's never seen this before um towards the end some of the humor kind of relies on deaf people not being able to hear and kind of people being a bit crazy mm. and i think by that point i just i just kind of maybe had forgotten all of that and gone you know this is a, a little bit too much so it it is kind of hard to balance the historical importance and you know those few moments of like real brilliance with the fact that it really hasn't aged that well and if you're coming at it without ever seeing anything from the pythons then i think you'll probably really really struggle with it because if you don't know anything about it then without having the historical importance or without seeing how it's influenced it it could be you just be like who are these horrible people why are they <laughs> shouting and just being not very funny so um i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with zach and i'm gonna go for a three on that one um, rebel i noticed that you're all, the oh, only the one decimal. with with decimal places i like it I like not, a decimal not here always <laughs> um yeah you're comparing with the previous episode record let's let's just line up the spreadsheet <laughs> so you can't see what else, yeah. <laughs> um i think you'd have to say if someone said should i watch life of brian i'd say have you watched Holy Grail first? And if you haven't watched that, I'd say that's the one you want to watch first. And if you really like that, then go into Life of Brian. Um, if someone hadn't seen that, and if, but then if they had seen Holy Grail, I'd say, yeah, watch it. It's different. You might prefer it. Um, I do think it still has, I think it's aged in as well as it could do in terms of how it was shot. And there's some bits were a bit random and, and dumb. Like, I think the alien bit is the worst. We're still they makes could, no sense. They could easily cut that yeah. in oh, like easily. a reissue. Yeah. No, just, but it's it's a it's a twenty second sequence. Some people like it. I don't twenty know. seconds can make and break a film. I list. don't mind it. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, 
I think the rest of how I feel about it will play out in the rest of the scores. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Um, repeat viewing score, Liz. I mean, I've I've seen it many times. I expect I will see it again. I'm I, you know I'm not going to watch it again next week, but uh, I feel this is something that will come back around in my life. So five, to be honest. Like I, <laughs> you know, it's out of all the movies, I will see this again. Um, I'm going to go completely the opposite. I'm going to go zero. Is Am I allowed to do zero? You can do zeros. Yep. No, zero. No minuses, though, I'm afraid. That's fine. I'm glad I, I went high. I, I never want to see this movie again. Have you seen this before? No. Oh, okay. I've never seen it before. I'm never, I'm, I don't ever want to watch it again. Um, <laughs> I'm glad I've seen it for historical posterity. Uh, and that is the total amount of interaction I want to have with this movie. Were you aware that... It, that it's existed. Yes, I was complete. I was aware sure. of it, it existed. I was aware of some of the ongoing uh, jokes in it. I was aware of gags. You know, I was familiar with yeah with the material. I just never sat down and said, "I'm going to watch Life of Brian," uh, and I'm glad I did. And I will never again. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen Holy Grail? I haven't. I'm. Okay. I, I've only of of Python. Other than this, I have seen. Uh, clips of their sketches and I've seen some of Faulty Towers obviously that's not Python but and some of their ancillar work um, yeah I think I think Faulty Towers is the peak of Python of the Python crew <laughs> mm-hmm. Faulty Towers yeah. is like literally no, sublime masterpiece yeah yes. it's yeah I really enjoyed it um, I would recommend that you see uh, Holy Grail it's, yes. yeah, it's just it's just really silly yeah, yeah. Um, it's worth a try for yeah. sure mm. uh, Helen so repeat viewing so I think uh, I think I must have seen like Holy Grail maybe as a teenager and then be like, oh, I must see Life of Brian because if it's anything like Holy Grail, then mm. it's going to be amazing. And then watched it and was like, oh, I didn't really like that. Maybe, <laughs> I don't know, maybe I'm not clever enough to get their jokes or something. And um, I don't think, it wasn't until re-watching it for this, I've seen it again. And when I got the message through that it was Life of Brian, I was like, oh, cool i've not seen that in a while mm. um quite looking forward to it and then i was a bit like oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear just ruined everyone's day i'm so no. sorry yeah, it was just i i just really struggled it with it second time around um so yeah a, a one i'm probably not going to go back to this one again i'm gonna say a two 2.1 one point one point nine Point nine. Sorry, Liz. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, I rewatched this maybe about six months ago when it, when I saw it came to Netflix, and it's one of those ones where I kind of thought everyone says it. A, a lot of people say this is the better film. Let me rewatch it because maybe there's stuff I didn't understand, and I think, and they were right. You know, structurally, it's a more cohesive story, but it's just not as funny for me. And I think it's just by comparison, you know, there can be X so X funny, but this is like X minus like five. Um, (laughs) And I asked my wife if she wants to watch this and she's like, um, I don't think so. (laughs) And I think that's what I'll be like. I'll be like, should I watch Life of Brian? And I'm like, in the future, I'll be like, there's probably other things I probably prefer to watch right now. So I probably will watch it again, but I can't imagine what kind of scenario that'll be. Maybe I'll start. Maybe I'll watch Holy Grail and then think, yeah, let's just pop on Life of Brian as a as a, like a double bill to round it out. Maybe if you thing. have to do some babysitting for teenage boys or something. <laughs> no, but I wouldn't put this on for someone silly, for silly teenage boys. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that silly. 
It I think is quite it's, silly though. It's, it's got silly bits, but I don't think it's like the Romans go home bit. I don't think when I was like mm. I, said, I saw it as in like a seventeen year old, just thought, what is going on here? This makes no sense. Um, and the concepts I think are a bit bigger than for a teenage boy. Obviously, there's the biggest yeah. difference. The biggest dick is there's nudity, but um, I think go and watch South Park the movie if you want to give teenage boys a, mm. a film to watch that's of their kind of ilk. Um, small screen score. Um, I don't think I've ever seen this on anything but a small screen, to be honest. Do you, uh, wait, do you feel you're missing out on that experience? I, I think it's got some... I mean, it's, it's 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 not a big visual action movie. It's got some. It's got what about some the nice alien special effects. Oh, with a plus. The um, uh, the eyeball in the in the marigold glove. <laughs> it was <laughs> oh dear. Um, you know your favorite scene. Yeah, my favorite one. Um, well, it is a Terry Gilliam was the visual director, and they didn't actually let him do the directing directing, um, <laughs> which I think is possibly was it Terry Jones that directed Terry Jones yeah, yeah other Terry did it um, which I, th- I think was the right division of labor um, it's got some nice visuals but I, I think it's perfectly good on a TV so I um, so you said your favorite Terry Gilliam film was 12 Monkeys yes I think my mine was Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas oh yeah I forgot he did that yeah that was um, good uh, I think he's he has got a style he's got you know you can kind of see you know Baron Munchausen Jabberwocky Brazil, mm. he's got he's got a thing. The imaginary yeah. Doctor Panassis is like yeah. So I I'm actually quite interested to see what um what's the man from the Mancha film Don Quixote Don Quixote. I'm actually interested to see what that's going to look like yeah. because that should not be really. But it's, it's basically it be an unfilmable learning. novel. I mean, if you've seen the size of it, but it's not got the fantastical nature that that Terry Gilliam can throw at any of his films set in the it's a period film isn't it so i'll be quite interested to see how he if he does temper himself in, in it's that. taken him like 20 years to make it it should mm. be good yeah but how but <laughs> the point is how is it going to be how can he use his his flair and no idea it's probably yeah. going to be awful it's also I'm taken really james long. cameron 10 years to make an avatar 2 are we saying that's going to be good no nope. there we the are the sequel no one asked for <laughs> <laughs> except for the people who paid two points so, what was your small screen score? Oh, um, ah, I mean, I think I give it quite high. I think it would it works if, if four. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, Zach, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it for a small screen. I mean, I'm not missing anything. There's no that I don't feel a call for a larger screen on this. It'd be nice, An even see, bigger naked Graham Chapman. Yeah, you can see bigger, bigger dicks. Yeah. You know, big, big, biggest dickus. Dickus. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't, I don't think that it really needs anything. So I guess for that reason, yeah, four. I, I maybe, maybe it would you're just be... trying to knock it down. Don't stop there. Stop there. Four. No, no, no. I'm, I'm trying to justify. Yeah, like me. I'm trying to justify not giving it a five. Really. Because I, I feel like there, if there's nothing missing, what's the point of it being a four? So you've just knocked him down from going to a five. Uh, <laughs> Helen. <laughs> Don't be too disappointed because I'm going to give it a five. I did the ultimate sin and I watched this on my phone and Ooh. it was it was fine on the phone. I quite recommend <laughs> you clearly it. enjoyed it. So, um, yeah. The smallest also, is. Um, I mean, it's... There isn't... Unless you um, are the kind of person who would like to go for kind of a quote-along uh, mm. thing at the cinema... It, it just lends itself to being watched at home, um, maybe like with a couple of people. And it's also, it is on Netflix. Um, I think you've, you've said it's only been on for what, the last six months or so or something? I don't know. I but, just, yeah. I, I, I saw it once. And I don't it, know if it's, it's in life or Brian. One, one of those <laughs> things that 
when I was trying to watch all the films that I could from the 70s, um, like in my 20s, mm. to get like a history, it was kind of hard to come across films if you didn't have a, you know, a VHS of it or a, then a DVD. You'd either have to buy it or like wait for Channel 4 to be on or something like that. So if you haven't seen it and you're kind of curious, it is on Netflix. And I think um, The Holy Grail's on there as well, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. Is it on there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. They've got loads of parts. Like, so, yeah. I think everything I should have chosen did. that one. What have I done? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's great that Netflix have got their back catalogue on there and you can watch that at your leisure. Yeah. I, I agree with what you're saying, though. So I you're think, saying five? Yeah. I think if if I had to justify my lack of a point is that I th I would really like to watch this in a big cinema full of people who re really yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That I'm, would I'm be I'm sure cool. it's played at the Prince Charles. Yeah, yeah it mm. must do. And yeah. it, it does have, you know, things... There's a certain type of humour that people love where they can join in and they can say the lines and that's part of the experience yeah. watching it. And that if that is your thing, then... You know, this is a film that a lot of people like. Engagement score. So I'm going for a five as well. Um, not really asked about seeing it on a big screen. <laughs> Liz. <laughs> uh, engagement. Um, I mean, I, I happily watch it through. Um, it is, to be honest, though, more often shared in bits, isn't it? So mm. if I think about it, to be honest, I, I think engagement's actually quite low just because it, in many ways it works as a a bitty film so they're, 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 they're sketches aren't they're they sketches. but they essentially got enough money together to do them all in one go and, mm. and kind of have a do little bit of story do you know who funded this oh it was it was one of the Beatles wasn't it George Harrison handmade films uh, this oh, is the yeah. first film he made and Eric yeah. ha uh, Eric Heidel said well George Harrison funded it because he said I just wanted to see him get made and then uh, yeah. there's a very famous quote by Eric Heidel saying he made he's paid the most expensive the world's most expensive cinema ticket just to get this one <laughs> film made, uh, which is true. And I think he's got he's I think he's made a few more films. Uh, yeah, had, had made made a bunch of the, their final picture. Finally, um, nuns on the run yeah. with uh, Eric Heidel and Robbie Coltrane. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, t this is it. I mean, if just a, a small historical footnote, what's interesting also about this is that it's it's it spawned that and that production company made a lot of decent films. It, well, important, you know, British independent comedies that would never otherwise have been made. So, so it's like a proto like Netflix where they go, yeah. hey, here's some money. It's just, and also with someone yeah. like George Harrison, who yeah. would not have given a flying fuck what they would do. Just exactly. like, I've got, you've got the money, just make the film. Go make a thing. Yeah. And, and we yeah. need more producers we like that more, in the world. We need more, you know, roaming with Beatles money. with money. Yeah, if we could just get more like million billionaires that don't really care what they're doing with their money to just <laughs> set up some funds. Uh, with Nail and I. With Nail and I, yeah. There'd yes. be no With Nail yes. and I without that. Indeed. Uh, so engagement. Engagement. Um, I I think I'm going to go right in the middle and give it a 2.5 because I think it it does work. Again, it's the best Python film in terms of overall plot, but <laughs> I um I do think that it, it can easily be watched in chunks. Zach, um, I had to watch this film in three sittings. <laughs> uh, there were. I started it, got about ten minutes in, was like, nope, and then turned on Stranger Things. I sat down, watched another half hour, went, I can't do any more, put on Stranger Things, and then finally I finished the film. Uh, so for that reason, I'm going to be giving this a 1.5 engagement. I think this, this is a fair point that I don't think we really talked about with uh, showing films on Netflix is, and the engagement score is that it is really easy to dive out and watch something else. Yeah. In the land of not many DVDs in your house and not many VHSs, you literally were like, oh, I've only or got like five more. Or you've lost the remote. Yes, I've like, got five shit, other where's the remote? Yeah. 
so I'm going to just stick and watch this because I've started it. Um, but with Netflix, you've got like all the films. Yeah. So if you're not that interested, you kind of think, well, I'm actually not going to do this anymore. And, stop all, and Stranger <laughs> Things just come out. Yep. Which yep. is competing for your attention. So yep. it's like... Nick Nizzi's in a queer eye. I mean, what are we, oh, yeah. what are we doing with our time? I need to catch up with queer eye. Mm. Uh, Helen, sorry, what's your, so what's your engagement score? It was uh, 1.5. 1.5. Uh, Helen? Yeah, I really struggled watching this. Um, it didn't help that I watched half of it. Well, I watched most of it on the train and then knew I had to come back and had a barbecue going at the same time. And I was just kind of like, watching the flames oh i've got to go back to the film so the watching <laughs> watching the barbecue flames was competing with me don't, watching it don't um don't barbecue and watch Netflix, <laughs> I guys that, um, i love that literally watching flame was more compelling to you than watching this movie netflix has a flaming log channel so <laughs> i feel okay ne- next there's, time there's we're no on. barbecued goods at the end of it though um <laughs> next time we're on i'm gonna meat uh, cook yeah <laughs> nominate the your um, log channel it's it's an hour and 34 minutes which i think is probably what 20 minutes a bit too long for it i think you know an hour is probably as much as uh, i could probably take but then it's not a feature i know but well, it, i get features at 60 minutes life yeah. is a cause yet was 61 minutes really that yeah. well i think but i mean if we're talking about distribution and being able to get into cinemas you couldn't get. I don't think you could get a film in today that was under uh, ninety minutes. Well, like my summer life as a Cordette came out like two years ago. Sixty really? minute film. Uh, well, what we in do in the shadows was eighty six yeah. minutes. I think fe- sixty minutes is one episode of Stranger Things. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. It's like I, I you got like I think put some effort yeah, there, into whilst it. Whilst there Come are on. outliers, I I think for the vast majority, I think you you'd struggle and yeah. like like. 86 minutes. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, I, I'll go with Zach on this one. I'll go for 1.5 as well. Um, I'm going to go for... I'm getting a bit higher than you, actually. I'm going to go for three, because I think with each successive watch, I've gained more out of it. Really? Um, yeah. Like I said, when I first watched it as a kid, not as, nowhere near as silly as Life of, of as Holy Grail, so hmm. it kind of disengaged me. But on subsequent watches, when you understand hmm. more about the world, when you get more references... Then it's like, oh, okay, oh, that's what they're doing. Yeah. Oh, I see, nice. <laughs> um, so when I was, if you do, if I do watch it, I'll be watching it, you know, to get more out of it. But um, that's it. So that gives us an overall score of three point oh one two five zero. That's still made a three. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's pretty decent. So at this point, guys, we'll go to our comments on Twitter. Our Twitter fans will always reach out to them before we record and say, in this case, we're reviewing The Life of Brian with Liz from Modern Overcoats and Zach FG from Orphans Audio. Um, tell us you, give us a short review and uh, out a rating out of five stars. Um, Liz, would you take us with the first one? Take All right. Uh, this is from... I W Y T W T. That's I want you to watch this. Oh yes, that yep. Uh, <laughs> everyone's got sarcastic cat cats memes as their Twitter handles now, so you never know what someone's actual name is. Um uh and it says, uh, we covered this not too long ago. It was my first time seeing it. I could see it being great for its time, or maybe if I'd seen it as a kid slash teen, but there's a lot that I don't think holds up all that well. Three stars for me, Craig. Zach, do you want to say the next one, please? Yeah, so Mike Marlowe at Mikey Geek uh, said five stars, uh, but I'm totally biased. Huge Python fan. Every bit the equal of Holy Grail, though not as popular. Witty, zany, and absurd all at all at the same time. Cleese as a Roman soldier conjugating graffiti. No yeah. said. It's, it's still a great, I think it's a it's great, great juxtaposition. Scene, yeah. um, 
Helen, do you want to take this one started from here? Yeah. So this is from the Casual Birder podcast. This is a film I really enjoyed seeing at the cinema and even had the vinyl soundtrack. I'm known to quote vast chunks of the film to everyone's annoyance, I'm sure. I'm not actually a big Monty Python fan, but I think there are a lot of moments that I think stand up really well. Fave scenes include pretty much all with Michael Palin in. What's so funny about Biggest Dickus? But there are also parts that are definitely dated and are awkward now to watch. I never did get the spaceship section. I give it four out of five stars. Nice. Um, so I think that pr- yeah, seems to do yeah, very think well if, on, if you, on Twitter. If you're a Python fan and you've grown mm-hmm. up with the film and mm-hmm. you love the film, then it's something that you just hold really, really dear for Absolutely, you. But yeah. I think if you've not had that initial kind of love quite early on, it's it's not quite as easy to to get, to in get into yeah. mm. okay yeah, Liz and Zach can you tell us where we can find you online and uh, also say bye to to Jasper and who else whoever else is listening um, I can be found on Twitter at uh, Liz X Campbell just Liz and the letter X Campbell because <laughs> that was the closest I could get to my actual name uh, as a handle extreme? I'm so extreme great <laughs> um, follow Liz for extreme tweets so extreme it's mostly about podcasts um <laughs> And uh, yes, well, thank you. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you listeners enjoyed yeah. Life of Brian a bit more <laughs> than these people I forced it on. Uh, you, you can find me at uh, Zach FG on Twitter uh, and you can follow my show, The Orphans, at uh, Orphans Audio on Twitter. Uh, we're pretty much by I'm by Zach FG and Orphans Audio everywhere online. So that's cool. Um, yes, thank you for listening. And I'm really sorry if you're a big Python fan and I've shit all over something you love. I'm I'm sure that's not a great feeling. But, you know, I'm happy for you. <laughs> that's all we want. <laughs> yes. That's all we want. Okay. Well, cheers, guys. Thanks for coming on board. Thank and, you. Uh, Thanks for coming on. Yes. Yeah, see you later. Bye. 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 Enjoyed this episode of Flixwatcher Podcast? Why not leave us a five-star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at FlixWatcherPod on Twitter and we're at FlixWatcher on Instagram. Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Ben and that's Rockwood, R-O-K-K, Wood audio tell them flicks what you sent you <laughs>